Welcome back to The Real Deal Brides podcast. It's the show based off the book, The Real Deal Bridal Bible, available on Amazon. This is episode eight. Today we're talking with Jen Glantz. Um, Jen is a professional bridesmaid for hire. And I have so many questions and so many things I want to talk to Jen about. I've actually seen her out there from a long time ago, and I thought it was the concept was just, it blew me away. So how are you doing, Jen? Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yeah, thank you for, for coming on here. Like I said, I was so excited when you when I saw your email because I just have always thought that a bri- there's so much that goes along with being a bridesmaid, and your concept that you introduced, the bridesmaid for hire, just was genius. I thought it was absolutely genius. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely a very unique idea. And most people are, you know, have either good feelings or bad feelings about being a bridesmaid, but being a bridesmaid for hire is a little bit different. How did now before we get into the nitty gritty and you tell me all the details and all the dirtiness that goes on behind the scenes, (laughs) I want to know, how did you really get involved in launching this? How did it all begin? So a lot of my friends got married and engaged in my early 20s, and very soon I became always the bridesmaid for them. I was the one that they called up and they asked to be a bridesmaid, and there was one day in particular where two of my friends asked me to be a bridesmaid, and that's when my roommate nicknamed me the professional bridesmaid. She's Mm -hmm. like, Jen, you do this all of the time. You've become a pro at this. (laughs) Uh, And these little light bulbs went off in my head and I started to wonder, you know, could I do this for strangers and did strangers need someone that they could have as a hired bridesmaid? Uh, So I actually started it in a very non-traditional way. I posted an ad on Craigslist offering my services to strangers around the world as a professional bridesmaid. Uh, And within a couple hours, I received hundreds of responses from brides all over the world. That's incredible. You know, in order to do this, by the way, we should probably mention that you were obviously an awesome bridesmaid because <laughs> there are some night- nightmare, nightmare stories, right, of people that, you know, are in people's weddings. And even if they're like best friends of people, they're just not bridesmaid, you know, material, I guess you could say. They're, they're either just not organized or they're showing up on the wrong day or they're never buying the right shoes. So I'm sure for you to excel in this business, which clearly you are already – you're on it when it comes to bridesmaids duties. Am I right? Thank you. You know what I think it was is that I got all my mistakes out early on. You know, I mean, <laughs> I was a bridesmaid so many times for my friends that of course the first couple times I made the mistakes, I showed up late, I got the wrong gifts, but by time number five, you have it down pat. And it was almost like I had all of this experience leading up to the job. I think it's an awesome idea. I know for me personally, because I went through kind of the same thing where, um, and that's kind of even how I got started writing my my book is because I was in so many weddings and then we were, we were, you know, I was getting married at the same time. And I remember there was one summer where it was like wedding after wedding after wedding after wedding. And I still have like a collection of dresses in my closet. And I, oh, yeah. I remember thinking like, I really should rent these out, you know, because yeah. I've only worn them once. A lot of them are really cute, you know, but like, oh, yeah. you definitely took it to the next level. Oh, yeah. I'm actually staring at my pile of bridesmaid dresses right now. Uh, They're on the floor of my apartment. I have about 30 of them (laughs) and no place to store them. So they kind of just live on the floor. Well, so tell me about, you know, do you have the number of how many weddings you've actually done to date, like professionally? 
Yeah, so I have a couple different packages. Um, so I'm not always at the actual wedding, but uh, between when I started it two years ago and now, I've worked with over 40 brides and maid of honors, uh, some of those in person, some of them virtually. But yeah, I've had the pleasure of working with over 40 people. Okay, so it's not always you in a dress showing up for somebody's wedding. A lot of times it's consulting. Sometimes it is. There's sometimes when we have a virtual package where we're just talking on the phone, we're getting to know each other, I'm helping out with any and all bridal chaos and bridesmaid chaos. <laughs> uh, and then there is a package where I do fly out there, I zip on the dress, I walk down the aisle and I give a speech. When you're in those situations, do a lot of the brides, like do their guests know what the deal is or do you literally just blend in like you're just a best friend of the bride kind of thing? Yeah. So most of the time when I'm a hired bridesmaid, it's a complete secret, even from their fiance. So nobody at the wedding actually knows. (laughs) So I go there, we have a backstory of how we met and how we know each other. I have a fake name. uh, And it's, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's a complete secret. That is freaking hysterical, Jen. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. And you know what? Uh, A lot of time goes into it. So I don't just actually show up on the wedding day and pretend I know what I'm doing. So the bride and I really do build a friendship, build a relationship before the wedding. I get to know her. I'm there for her. Uh, I'm kind of the third party person she feels like she can trust to tell everything to because Sometimes you can't be open and honest with your own friends about the things you're going through. Oh, God. You hit the nail on the head. I was just going to say that. There are, like I know for my sister's wedding, she had um, she had actually won a bridal consultant like at one of the bridal shows that she went to. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, you know, I guess I'm going to use her. She was kind of on the fence. And this woman turned out to be like a savior because she was what, what you are, essentially. She was a neutral party. So like when, yeah. my, when my sister had things that were really important to her that would be probably really sensitive and be a hot topic coming from her mouth. It was really helpful to have that neutral outsider, not from either side of the family, helping her like make these big decisions and also communicating with the rest of the family. Sure. And, you know, sometimes the bride goes through things, whether it's last minute cold feet or Mm -hmm. a fight with the mother of the groom or, you know, she doesn't know how to fire a wedding vendor and, and she needs someone to just say, hey, here's what I'm going through today. And The person on the other end of the phone, me, I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to be there for them and help them make the best decision that they want to make. I I think that to start a career like this, it's a huge void that you filled because, you know, the other part of I feel like getting married is you don't really know what's going on until you get there. So you think like, even if you're the most super organized person, like you have your shit together, like I kind of felt like that, you know, I was always on the ball. Like I had my list, I had my stuff going on. But there's just way too much coming at you when you're planning your own wedding that you just, you don't even see it coming. Yeah, and I always say, uh, you know, brides, this might just be the first wedding you've ever had for yourself. You know, maybe it's your first or your second, but either way, you do need a good team of professionals around you who do this every weekend, who've seen it all, who can almost predict the challenges that are going to happen before they happen. Because if not, you know, you're brand new to this world. You're not expected to know everything. Right. And I just keep, I'm laughing to myself because you said professional and I'm thinking, um, yeah, professional help. (laughs) You really do need professional help because in a lot of times it's not even the brides. It's, it's, the ones who are surrounding you and it's not to knock family or anything, but something about weddings just kind of makes people crazy. Oh my goodness. I always say that I've never been to a wedding when there was no drama involved. Like there's always something that happens there's where always something. there's, yeah, there's always something and, and it's a shame, but it's also being realistic and knowing that when you have a wedding and you have people from all walks of your life come together, 
Uh, there's going to be some type of internal chaos going on with your people. And, you know, before I started this business and this job in the wedding industry, there was nobody there whose job it was to manage people. There was, you know, someone who was managing your vendors and your venue, but there was nobody there making sure everyone was behaving, getting along <laughs> and not making you stress out. That no one's going batshit crazy in the bathroom over like the shoes that you picked out or, <laughs> or their oh cold dinners. Yeah. That's where everything goes down is the bathroom. That's where you really see the true behind the scenes of a wedding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that was the first place I looked when we found our hall. I made a beeline for the bathroom because I was like, I want to know where it is. I want to make sure it's got everything, you know, accommodating and that people that's clean, you know, because people are so judgy. <laughs> like, yeah. I wanted to make sure that, that that was, you know, everything looks pretty on the dance floor, but like you said, everything goes down in the bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah. And you definitely want a big enough stall so that you can go to the bathroom in your wedding dress, which is something that brides don't even think of until the actual day of the wedding, how hard it is is going to be to pee in your wedding dress. Oh my God. I, I have two things I need to share. First thing is that, well, three things. Number one, you're absolutely right. Number two, um, I found the best tip from a photographer. He actually did my sister's wedding, not mine. Although I would have had him do mine had I met him sooner. But um, he, his name is Ricky Resciano, and he's in New York. And uh, he told me, pee facing forward. Oh and yeah. You've probably heard that one, but I didn't. You know, when you're, I was getting married, I had no idea. I never wore a dress that freaking big in my life. You know. But he said, yeah, pee, pee facing forward. And I say that in my book too. And that is like one of the best tips I could give to a bride. And then the other thing is that I accidentally peed on my friend that day because she <laughs> she was holding up my dress and I was like, okay, I can't let it hit the toilet. And she was like, okay. And she was like, oh my God, you're peeing on my leg. <laughs> It I was cannot just... tell you how common that is. I have been peed on, and this is so gross, but <laughs> I've been peed on by so many strangers because one of my, one of my job duties is to take them to the bathroom and lift up the dress and help them pee because your friends are too drunk. They're too busy to actually do that. So that's something that I have done way more times than I wish I could share. <laughs> that is a hardcore bridesmaid. I mean, you're like, that's your initiation. You are a hardcore bridesmaid right there. <laughs> right. For anyone who thinks this job is glamorous, just remember you're helping strangers pee. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are these, um, I know you have your book coming out and it's coming out uh, February 7th, right? Yes, it comes out February 7th, um, and it's available now on Amazon, Target, Walmart, all for a very cheap price to pre-order it. Nice, and it's called Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. Yes. Which I love the title, Stories About Life, Love, and Walking Down the Aisle for Complete Strangers. So you know, I wanted to um, write a book because I, I got so many questions from people about what your wedding horror stories are. You know, what's the worst thing that happens to you at a wedding? But I was kind of sick of telling those stories. You know, instead, I really wanted to talk about what I learned at these weddings and, and what it was like to really get off a plane and put on the dress and, and walk down the aisle for a stranger and what that taught me about love or what my brides taught me about love when they got married for reasons other than love. Um, so I, I really wanted to compile a book that just showcased what this job is like, what it was like starting a business, uh, and also what it was like to have your own love life when you work in the wedding industry and you you know, are surrounded by everyone else's love all of the time. Is there anything in particular that you want to share, like a specific story or something from the book? Because I find this whole angle that you're taking really unique. Thank you. You know, I think one of my favorite stories in the book is uh, about a wedding that I worked in Michigan. And um, I worked with this bride for 11 months before the wedding. And what happened was two nights before the wedding, she calls me and she asks me uh, to sit down. She has something important to tell me. 
I figure, oh, you know, maybe she changed her dress last minute or I don't know. I, I couldn't imagine what it could be. And she told me that the person she was marrying uh, was gay <gasps> and that they were marrying for reasons other than just traditional love. So it was definitely a shock to uh, go to that wedding. I gave a toast at that wedding. I read a, I read a poem during the ceremony. Oh, wow. um, and at first I walked into the experience thinking, wow, this is so weird. I don't get it. I don't understand. But I left there having a really different, you know, perception of love and why people get married and how you can't judge other people's relationships. And I write a whole chapter on that. And I think that, you know, at first people might say, this is bizarre and what a weird wedding. And no one else does that. This happens to nobody else. But the truth is, like, a lot of people don't get married for traditional magical fairy tale love. And I really wanted to explore that and, and be honest with people about that experience. That's fascinating. That really is. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorite stories just because it's um, it's very unique. And, you know, anyone going into that situation would be skeptical like I was. But I honestly walked out of that experience just really enlightened and it really changed my love life and my perception on dating and, and who I wanted to be with and, you know, a lot of different things like that. You know, it's funny because it, it is true. You know, we have this perception of the fairy tale, right? Like the fairy tale wedding, the fairy tale relationship and the fairy tale marriage. And I say it all the time, but social media makes it worse because, you know, now like the, the pictures from weddings are amazing, first of all. Yeah. You know, the, the dresses are phenomenal and everything you, even though like, even for us, like we're in the industry, we even sometimes can be fooled by these images, you know, sure. everything just looks so magical and amazing. And it is in a lot of ways, but for different reasons than, okay, here's this love and your life will now be forever amazing and you'll never have any fighting or issues, you know? I always think that, um, and this is kind of crazy, but I think that we do weddings really wrong. Like I think that you know, couples should be together. They should get married at City Hall, get the piece of paper and, you know, do all that fun stuff and, and, and throw the big $100,000 party in 10 years, 15 years, you know, when you've made it that far after all of the leaps and hurdles that people go through together. I think that, yes. you know, it's a lot of pressure on people to, to throw this gigantic party when they're fresh in love and they haven't faced a lot of big life problems together. I think that instead, you know, we keep it simple at first and why not throw the party many years after you've been married to celebrate that, hey, you know, this is really working because that's rare and it's beautiful. And that's when maybe we should shell out all that money. It's funny. Um, I was just looking at a picture of my husband and I on our wedding day, which was um, in 2008. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, eight, over eight years ago. And it's one of my favorite pictures because it's, you know, one, this, I don't even think I was on Facebook at the time that we got married. I think I got on there after, but it was from a disposable camera. It was really blurry, out of focus. We weren't posing. Like we didn't know anybody was taking our picture, but it's my favorite picture for those very reasons, you know? Um, yeah, I love that. I love that you say that because it just goes to show, like you don't need all of these you know, expensive things all of the time. Sometimes you can have just very simple, you know, simple photographer, simple uh, wedding vendor and still get the most out of your wedding. We, we don't need to always think big budget for wedding. We can just think, what do we want? What do we care about the most? Yeah, I, I think you're right. Just, just, it's a matter of going into it with a clear head and knowing what you want before, you know, the whole beast of wedding planning takes over. Um, oh, yeah. And I think it's just, like you said, knowing what you want, um, not feeling like you have to shell out a lot of money for it. In fact, it's the opposite. Like, I feel like we should challenge each other to really 
drill down and find out what's really important to us. And then it does become more meaningful. And it's funny that you brought up about, you know, throwing, throwing the wedding later because I, so I have that picture I was telling you about in my closet and I look at, you know, I see it every morning when I go to get ready. And I was thinking to myself the other morning, how different our relationship is now than what, you know, the day we got married and Sure. It's it's better in in so many ways, and it's it's more richer and it's more in depth. There's so many more threads through it. Like now we have two kids. We're in, you know we moved. We're in a, it's just a different life. Um, still so much love there. But um, you're you're totally right because we th- we throw this big party and you're just at the beginning, and you kind of feel like maybe ten years into it, you've earned it now. <laughs> now you should shell out all that money. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, in my in my situation, I am not married. I am, you know, dating someone for a while. But when I get married eventually, I'm going to have to pay for my wedding entirely myself. And I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of money on it. In fact, I have this weird goal of just spending $1,000 on my wedding. And that's it. And that to me is like a little scary because that's a lot of money if you think about $1,000. So I think that, you know, when I do get married, I'm going to have the bare bones minimum. But yet I'm still going to try to have everybody I want there. So It'll be a challenge to figure out what to spend that thousand dollars on, but it's also kind of cool because I know that what really matters to me will be present, and everything else I can do without. You know, that is your next book right there because yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, a thousand dollars goes by like nothing when you're wedding planning. And I'm not saying you know we made it rain like we we def- I mean we had a big wedding and everything. We both are two big Italian families and everything, but um, we didn't go too nuts. I mean. Looking back, though, I, I mean, I would get like the sweats at night, like thinking about how much money we were spending on, on on the wedding and just the cost of the photographer alone could be more than that. So I love what you're saying. Like you already have your budget. You know what you want. You know how you're going to do it. And now it's, just, now it's just a matter of putting the puzzle together, you know, figuring out. I could I bet you there are so many creative ways you can do that. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Even if your budget's more than that, maybe it's 10000 20000 I think it's important to, to take that number and then work backwards rather than adding up things along the way and figuring out a way to pay for the wedding, you know, give yourself a number and make it a a small number, like make it a challenge. I think that's more fun. And then see what you can get for that much money. And you'll start to notice, you know, the things that matter to most, whether it's really, really good food or a really, really good band, you know, that could be your one big spend. Everything else maybe he's compromised a little bit. And in the end, you're still going to have a pretty good time. Because in the end, it's not changing the fact that you're marrying this person and whether you do it at City Hall or you do it at a big church full of, you know, hundreds of people, it doesn't really matter. The end result is the same, you know? Yeah. And you know, if it's really great, I always like to ask brides, like, what do you remember from your wedding? You know, tell me like what you remember. And most of the time they won't even remember what the centerpieces look like. They don't even really remember what the food tasted like. (laughs) They remember, you know, if they had fun on the dance floor and if they got to talk to all of their guests. So it's almost like, maybe extensive flowers don't matter to everyone and and maybe a gigantic cake that's you know beautifully designed isn't the most important thing to another person so i think it's almost like you you people should kind of choose their own wedding and figure out the top 3 things that really matter and then toss the rest away i think it's a great a great way to approach it to approach the whole planning process cuz it can get out of hand really quickly yep and before you know it you spent more than you could on a you know down payment on a house or a car or you know a big purchase in your life that's going to last a longer time yeah uh, i wanted to ask you 
also like if you could give a bride there's brides obviously listening to this podcast if you could give any of our listeners like your best tips that you could share with them for when it comes to their own wedding planning on how they can do everything you're saying like chill out keep it real get everything you want out of it what what would those tips be I would say first and foremost is toss out the traditions you don't understand or you don't like. You know, if tossing a bouquet or wearing a white dress or even walking down an aisle is something you don't understand or you don't like, don't do it. You know, there's no rules when it comes to a wedding. There's Mm -hmm. very simple rules in how you get your marriage license and all of that. But other than that, you know, you don't need to have these traditions that don't mean anything to you. So if you're the kind of person who wants something more unique, toss out the traditions and and do and wear what you want. Um, You know, I, I think another great tip is that Uh, it's really important when you're making your guest list to not feel like you have to invite every single person you've ever spoken to or hugged hello in your life. Yes. yes. If you want a small wedding, keep it small. If you want a big wedding, cap it at a certain number. Uh, If you don't want little kids and babies there, don't have little kids and babies there. Uh, and, And I would say the other thing is when it comes to wedding vendors, you know, really search around for people who you can afford. Uh, and instead of trying to ne- negotiate down prices with wedding vendors, find ones in your price range and don't make yourself, you know, crazy with having to overspend for a service you can get uh, from someone else at a, at a better price. Uh, there's so many people out there offering these services. So do research and, and find vendors that you trust, you like, and that you can afford. Yes, I think that's perfect because you, then if you approach it the way that you're talking about, then you're starting at the right spot. You're not starting so high that it's out of your budget, out of your, you know, out of your reach. Now you're, you know, it's, I guess it comes down to knowing where you stand before you get involved, really. Um, I think that's important because, you know, a wedding vendors too, a lot of times they don't like to be negotiated with. They don't like to give discounts and deals. And, and if you force them into doing that and they do that, then they, they feel kind of resentful towards you. You know, everyone here is running a business. Everyone's trying to make money and they want to help you out. But you know, if you can't afford to go with the top wedding photographer in your area, search for other people at your price range. What's your budget line for that item? You know, if you can only spend $3,000 on a photographer, Find someone in that price range and don't try to aim for a $5,000 photographer who you will splurge on and, and go broke or you might try to get a deal from. You know, really be realistic with your money. I think all those tips are great. One thing I wanted to mention the, regarding the first two tips that you said, you know, about, about doing things your way and not, not doing things that you feel like you should just because people want you to or because you think that they're tradition. On the flip side of that, I want to also tell brides to make sure that you're not doing anything to rebel in, in a sense, you know, like I feel like sometimes, um, you know, there's expectations around wedding planning, of course, whether it's coming from your family or in-laws or whatever, just make sure brides that you're not going so far the other way, you know, that you're just doing something different, like to make a point, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't think like, you know, you should try to rebel against a traditional wedding just because you're angry at it or you Mm -hmm. want to be so different. I really think you should have a talk with yourself, the person you're marrying and say, what do we care about? What do we want when we open our eyes on that day? And that's what you should do. You know, you shouldn't wear black instead of white because you just want to tell the world you hate weddings, you know? (laughs) Right. I just, I think you should really just be realistic and chill about it and and figure out what, what it is that matters. That that's really the best piece of advice is what matters to you and how much can you spend on it? Yes. One of the things I always like to tell brides too, is I think that you should have a date with your fiance 
if not every week, then once every two weeks or once a month during your wedding planning where you talk about anything but wedding planning. You keep it off oh, the yeah. table because that is a good idea. Oh, because things can get so stressful. And then you want, you find yourself fighting with your fiance about things that you don't even care about. And it's like, what are we doing? You know, like, why are we even talking about this? Like, let's just really connect and find things that mean something to us that are outside of the wedding because the wedding really is as great as it is and as important as it is. It really is just a few hours out of a day and then it's over. I 100% agree with that. And I would have to say, do that with your friends too, because you know, when you're planning this big wedding, what happens is it's all you talk about and your friends who may not relate to it, care about it, understand it. They start to kind of, you know, move a little bit far away from you because they're now taking on the burden of this gigantic wedding. So just like you said, give it a break with the fiance. Yeah. They should give it a break with their friends too. I love that piece of advice. It's true because, you know, you want your friends there to stand up for you. And as a bridesmaid, you want to be there for the bride, but you all, there's a fine line where you don't want to feel used, you know, and sometimes it can, it can get that way. And I've, I've seen even the most level-headed brides get thrown into that role and it's almost like things just snowball so fast and they have their and you know there's not really an excuse for it but they do have their own pressures and stress and there's money and in-laws and this and that and then that they start trickling that out to their bridal party and then the bridesmaids are like whoa 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 you know like we're here because we love you but don't talk to us like we are you know robots or (laughs) they have lives outside of the wedding kind of thing so I just think it's it's um, just staying like true to yourself, like you said, like really figuring out what it is that you want, what will make your heart happy, what makes you feel loved, um, and what you really want out of the day. I agree. I think that's the recipe for a successful, good wedding day, which, like you said, is only a couple day, a couple hours in the day. Yeah. Well, I definitely can't wait to um, hear about how your next book goes because oh, thank I'm, you. I'm already saying that's going to be your next book because I, I love that whole idea, and I definitely want to follow you for when you get married because you've seen it all. You've definitely been a part of it all. So you have a unique perspective and I like that. Another thing that you do, I'm on your website, which by the way, for listeners, it's jenglantz.com and that's J-E-N-G-L-A-N-T-Z.com. And you have a business there where you also, not only are you the founder of Bridesmaids for Hire, but you also help people start their own businesses and um, their own wedding adventures. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. So I started the business completely from scratch. I had no business experience beforehand. And, you know, two and a half years later, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot of things that I did wrong that I wish I did differently. And, uh, you know, one of the coolest parts about starting a business was getting people emailing me, telling me that they're, you know, tired of their full-time job or they don't like their career path and they want to start something for themselves. So, Uh, I I have this passion for helping people and I decided to start a series of different workshops and and online courses where I can teach people how to start a business, how to make their social media look great, how to give them their own personal brand, just to empower them to take the next step and the next leap in their lives without too much fear attached to it. It's a great resource and especially, you know, connecting with brides. Like I know for me, the bride, you know, becoming a bride and getting married and everything was like kind of a jumping off point where you, you're, yeah, you're embarking on your relationship, obviously, but it's also like a turning point for your life, right? Where you start questioning, where do you really want to go? What will really make you happy? So I love that you're doing that. Thank you. You know, it's it's really a passion of mine to help people, you know, step out and, and try to do something that they're interested in because oftentimes in our lives we're only told we can pursue one job, one career, but the truth is we all have so many different passions. So why choose one? Why not figure out how to do multiple? 
And you know what? We live in an age where we can do that. So I think it's great. Yeah. We oh. do. We live in a time and a place and a world where anything could happen. It's a very shocking year we've all had. So I think that we <laughs> yes. should take that to heart and realize that we could all be and do whatever we want. We just have to work toward it and, and figure out how. That's the hardest part because there are so many options at our fingertips. That it's, it's almost overwhelming to drill down and find out what's really right for you. I agree. And I always tell people, just go out and do anything. Try anything. See what sticks. See what gets you out of bed in the morning, what makes your heart race. And that's how you know that you found something you're really interested in. Yes. And you also do speaking events as well, right? I do. I've always, my dream job since I was, you know, in high school was to become a motivational speaker for women. I, I find that, um, you know, women in general, we, we lack a lot of confidence. We always make excuses for ourselves. We put everyone before us and, uh, a lot of what I do is, is I get out there to colleges and high schools, middle schools, um, you know, professional groups around the country, and I speak to women and, and really just try to empower them and give them actionable ways to improve their lifestyles and, and really conquer whatever it is they're looking to do. And stop apologizing, right? <laughs> stop apologizing. And I make this mistake so much. But you know what? We need to be more confident to make mistakes, to fail forward, uh, and to stop apologizing when we when we do something wrong or when we're scared and don't know what we're doing. The truth is nobody knows what we're doing. We make it up on the spot. So I think all of us need to, to take that in and realize it. That is the one biggest secret I learned in my life so far. Um, yeah. I will be 35 in February. And I think the one thing that I learned is that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. I mean, that's not to say like people, you know, obviously people are talented and, and, you know, we know a thing or two, you know, who went to college, but like in terms of your day-to-day life, we are all just winging it. Like we're all just taking chances, leaping, you know, without nets and just really figuring it out as we go. I think that's one of the most, the biggest secrets to success is that Sometimes you have to pretend you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You have to pretend when you walk into that meeting that you're the most confident person in the world. And you have to pretend when you're emailing that person, asking them for something that you fully deserve it. Because if not, people can see through that. And if it shows that you lack confidence or that you're scared, nobody's going to invest in you. And we're not taught to act like that. You know, we're taught to act very modest and, you know, we're taught that we have to plan ahead when we try something. But the truth is just start trying something, go out there and take, take a big step. And, uh, you know, you fake it till you make it. And that is such a true statement. Yes. And fail, go ahead, fail. I like what you said about fail forward, like do it, fail forward. You know, you're, you're going to learn from it. It's probably the best thing that can happen for you. So go for it. It really is. I actually, I read about this in my book, but um, you know, I have an, I have, it's so weird. I have an 86 year old business tutor. Um, it's as weird as it sounds, but <laughs> when I started my business, I reached out to, um, a local group in New York who they match you with a mentor. And I got lucky enough to match with Ray. He's 86. And I write a whole chapter about how he teaches me how to fail and how I could only see him every week. If I bring him a list of failures, get out. Uh, and- I love that. It changed my life. Like he made me fail in my personal life, whether it was asking a guy on a date and him saying no way or, you know, just just failing every day, waking up and having a goal to try something that I'm probably going to fail at. And, uh, you know, he became my business tutor and then actually my best friend because (laughs) he just was able to get things out of me and, and make me a certain way that nobody else in my life could. I mean, yeah, I want him as my best friend. <laughs> I think that <laughs> he's great. Phenomenal. I love that. Especially like for me, you know, in terms of kids, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and 
I'm always asking my daughter when I pick her up from school, like I'm trying, you know, she takes, she goes to preschool a few days a week. And I always ask her instead of like, Oh, how was your day? I'll ask her like, you know, did you laugh today? Did you make somebody laugh today? You know, but I love the idea of like, what did you fail at? You know, she's a little too young for that concept now, but I'm totally going to borrow that for as she gets older. And you know what? The thing is, nobody in your life ever asks you that, you know? I think that we're so trained to hide our failures. We don't post them on Instagram. We don't talk about them to our friends. But we should because chances are what I'm failing at today, you failed at yesterday. Or what I failed at yesterday, you might fail at in a week from now. And the one lesson you'll learn from us talking about it openly is that we're not alone and that we're all out there trying and we're not always succeeding, which even the most successful people will tell you that that has happened to them more times than they've had success happen to them. Yes, I think the main goal is, is resilience, you know, building your, building your level of resilience, you know, how, how much can you bounce back? Because that's really all, all that comes down to. I agree. And which is sometimes hard to do, but once you learn and get the hang of it, then you're almost invincible. Yeah. So Jen, where are you based out of? I am based out of New York City, but I'm never really here. My family's in Florida, so I spend a lot of time there and I travel a lot for weddings. But, um, you know, most of the time or sometimes I'm in New York City. Okay, okay. Where was the furthest you went for um, a wedding? Oh, wow. Uh, I did a wedding in Nevada a couple years ago, right outside of Las Vegas. That must be the, the furthest place I traveled. Okay, that's cool. So nothing international yet, but I bet you... Not yet. I'm, I could see that for you. I'm surprised, actually, because I'm I'm sure that you'll be called to, to go international at some point. I can't wait. I have my passport waiting for me in, in my room, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> I don't want to keep you too long because I know that you are a busy woman, but... Um, I do. I am very excited for your book. So that's coming out on February 7th. I know I'm getting a copy. I encourage anybody who's listening to get a copy. You can pre-order it now. Is that right? Yes, you can pre-order it now. And the good part about that is it's 30% off. So you get a good deal if you buy it before it comes out. Definitely pre-order this book for the brides or for the bride or bridesmaid in your life. Um, they can definitely use a copy of this. I, I am almost 10 years married and I want one for myself because I, I could already tell there's a lot of good life lessons in here. Um, Thank you so much. That really means a lot and I appreciate it. It's, it's going to be great. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And you can find Jen at jenglantz.com, J-E-N-G-L-A-N-T-Z.com, where you can find the book, coaching, speaking, and you can just learn more about Jen. And you can also follow her blog, which is thethingsilearnedfrom.com. Follow her on Instagram as well and Twitter and all over the place. You're out there. So um, again, I'm glad that you were able to come on the show today and thanks for reaching out. Thank and you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I definitely want to want to have you back again because I, I want to hear more about your, you know, bridal escapades. <laughs> I would love to. Thank you. Yeah. And also grab a copy of the Real Deal Bridal Bible. That's also on Amazon. Another great gift for the bride in your life. And Jen, we'll definitely have you back soon. Sounds good. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 